once the pain sets in, you just have to learn to mentally block it out. I've been to the emergency room a few times for dehydration and, and stuff running in the heat because I don't know how to slow down. And welcome to the Run the Race podcast, where we talk about fitness and faith on a weekly basis. And we all need motivation, maybe to lose weight or get stronger physically or get closer to God as we all seek purpose in life. I'm your host, Jason Dennis, hoping to inspire you to run the race of life as we sit down with fascinating guests digging deeper into the mind, body, and soul. Let's do this. just about a week until Christmas as we record this, so uh, the uh, the year is definitely uh, flying by, or it's gone really slow because of all the uh, crises we've been dealing with with the pandemic and everything else, but uh, we are finally arrived to the end of the year 2020. A lot of us are happy to turn the page on the calendar, and, uh, uh, and you know this time of year is just really my favorite time of year, the Christmas time of year, and and uh, hopefully you can get into the holiday spirit, even with everything going on. And and I'm going to give you a recap of my latest marathon, the Mississippi Gulf Coast Marathon in Biloxi. I'll, I'll recap that for you in just a minute. But I want to tell you about our guest for this episode number 48 of this podcast, which we're focused on fitness and faith uh, almost on a weekly basis. And just by the way, I've taken about a three-week break. Uh, if you've noticed, our last podcast episode came out uh, around Thanksgiving. And uh, so uh, it's good to kind of just uh, wind down. And I was focusing on my training for the marathon and uh, taking a deep breath. And so we're, we are back now here on the Run the Race podcast. And our guest this week is Joel Maddox. He is a plant manager for a, a company in the Columbus, Georgia area, Nadura, which manufactures insulated concrete forms for commercial and residential construction. But what we're really talking to him about is his running. Uh, he calls it an unorthodox way to run because uh, for him, he definitely feels the need for speed, loves to run fast at all times, and mostly run uh, without his shirt on because uh, we, you know, we're in hot, humid uh, Georgia here in this area. And really, for previously for two years, he ran 150 miles per week. Uh, and he lives in the East Alabama area and, and comes over to Georgia a lot of times and runs and. So we talked to him about these crazy birthday runs he does. His age is 48, so he recently ran with a group 48 miles. Uh, Him and his team won Run Across Florida last year. He's run the the Boston Marathon, Paced Marathon. So we talk about that and trail running and injuries and strength training. And so he has some great tips for you, whether you are a brand-new runner or an experienced runner. Joel is a great guy, uh, very down-to-earth. So looking forward to uh, that conversation with him. But uh, just to kind of uh, give you a, a recap of what my last week has been like, uh, I went down with a friend, Raymond Jackson, down to uh, Biloxi, Mississippi this past weekend, and we ran the Mississippi Gulf Coast Marathon, which was a lot of fun. It was my marathon number 14 in state number 13, and uh, drum roll, please. I got a PR. I got my personal best, personal record by two minutes for a marathon uh, in my 14th try. So uh, I was very happy about that. So just to give you a sense of what this marathon was like, you know, really happy to have an in-person one because I know maybe some of you who, uh, you know, a lot of sporting events have been canceled uh, over the last uh, eight or nine months because of the COVID-19 pandemic. So this was a point-to-point race. Uh, It uh, ended in Biloxi at MGM Park which is just across from the big Beauregard Hotel Casino that you may be familiar with. And uh, before the night before, we, we carved up with some pasta. And, of course, the days leading up, uh, you know, something if you've never run a marathon before, a lot of hydrating needs to happen, just those two or three days leading up for sure, and get plenty of sleep on the days leading up. Like, you know, seven or eight hours for me is a good amount of sleep. We woke up at 4 a.m. on Sunday. I uh, had some oatmeal, pancakes and syrup, some coffee. Uh, so after some bathroom breaks, uh, we uh, boarded the school bus shuttle and went to the race start, which is in Past Christian, Mississippi. So it's you know running from there to Biloxi. 
And uh, so when we got off the bus and got to the start, there were lines on the beach for porta potties, which is an interesting place. Uh, uh, going to the bathroom on the beach, but in the porta potties, there were about 600 marathon runners. And people think, well, how, how are you able to do that? Social distancing and and with COVID and everything like that. Well, this is, um, you know, they were able to do it because we stay masked the whole time, had our mask on all over Biloxi and pre-race while social distancing. It was required to have our mask on. And then they sent us out four runners at a time. So it was every like five seconds or more or so. And so they got all of us out on the course in about 10 minutes. I was in the kind of middle of the pack. And then, of course, once you start the race, you can take your mask off. Some kept it on. But most people, uh, you know, when they're running the 26.2 miles, they did not have a mask on. Uh, the temperatures in terms of uh, weather, you know, about 50s and 60s. Now, the, the, the kind of bad thing was we did have a headwind the whole race. So the wind right at our face. And um, we ran on a highway with a great view of the beach to our right the entire time. So seeing the beautiful Gulf Coast. Uh, I ran the first half of the race in about two hours. Uh, and so that was just really good for me. Uh, and uh, so I was thinking to myself, can I get a sub four hour marathon my first time ever? Um, so that was kind of the question I was asking myself. Uh, we had an aid station every mile and a half probably and had Powerade and water. I would stop at about two thirds of those. And so um, with about seven or eight miles left, the sun came out, the temperatures were climbing a little bit. I, I kind of had fatigue setting in, affecting me more. We had to go up a hill the last couple miles on a ramp. So my uh, hopes of a sub four definitely went out the window, but I did get that PR uh, four hours, 14 minutes and 45 seconds, about two minutes better than my previous fastest marathon. And then afterwards we were able to eat lots of food because uh, a marathon you're burning about 3,500 calories. So about two days worth of food. So we enjoyed some great Gulf seafood after that. I wanted to read you a little bit of my friend uh, Raymond Jackson's uh, race recap. <laughs> it's kind of funny a little bit. Uh, so he says, my title for this race is called The Race That I Almost Quit Six Times because <laughs> uh, uh, he was having some uh, injury issues and uh, and wanted to stop and uh, maybe either cry or uh, grab an Uber during the race. So he says, I went into this race knowing that it was a possibility that I would have issues with my back. I heard it three weeks ago doing deadlifts at the gym. I gave it my all, but the back definitely won. I really almost called an Uber for a ride to the finish line at miles 16 and 19. I'm thankful to God that he allowed me to get over my breakdown and finish the race. No personal best, but I'm grateful to finish the race at 345. And so uh, he, he did great. He still finished about, you know, 30 minutes ahead of me, uh, a fast friend of mine. And so he did a great job. And I know uh, that the gentleman that I talked to for this episode, Joel Maddox, he is very fast as well. Typically he'll run a lot of a six-minute mile pace or maybe seven-minute mile pace, but loves to run fast. So here's my conversation with Joel. We have with us joining the podcast now, Joel Maddox. Thank you so much for joining us. I appreciate uh -huh. it. Appreciate you having me. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for coming by. And uh, we're going to talk uh, a little bit about uh, these crazy birthday runs you have. You just did a 48 miler with some friends you convinced to, to run with you. And uh, going to talk about your experiences with the Boston Marathon, running across Florida and Georgia, and tips you have for other runners when it comes to, to speed and training, that kind of thing. Uh, but first, uh, I'm, you know, when we, we talked kind of off mic, you were telling me, and, and I know because I, I run with you uh, here and there that you say you're a little unorthodox when it comes to your running. So tell me about what that means. Are you, uh, I mean, are you, because I mean, people that run kind of have their own kind of ideas of things, but are you maybe different, you said? Yeah, most people have a training program they like to go by, and uh, I, I throw all that out the window. Uh, typically, when I'm running most of the time, it's, it's, it's always speed. Um, I have no game plan. If I want to go run 10 miles, I run 10 miles. If I want to run five, I run five. And most time they're all fast. If somebody says, Hey, you come run with me, I'll, I'll go run with them. We'll run an eight thirty nine minute pace. It, it, it doesn't matter to me. I'll just run whatever I want to run when I want to run it. So do you, I mean, ever worry about uh, injuries or, or like going too much too fast at all? Or was that something that you feel like you're prepared for anything? I, I deal with it as it comes. <laughs> uh, I, I've had all the injuries just about. I've, I've dealt with them. Uh, 
and it it doesn't bother me. I I like what I do. I I love the running, and I just that's what I do. I, I'll deal with it as it comes. If I get injured, I, I adapt to it, and if I have to take the days off, which is something every runner can't stand to do, uh, including me, um, I'll, I'll do what I need to do to try to get back running. And one thing that, um, you know, is uh, it's hot and humid here in Georgia, maybe a big chunk of the year, but you run a lot of the time with uh, no shirt on. That You're wearing shorts, thank goodness, and, and you're running shoes. But uh, so is that something that's just uh, people know you for, or, or even when it's cold, you're wearing your, no shirt at all? Uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> it's it's just something uh, I'd I done years ago when I first started running, I'd, I'd couldn't stand running with the shirt on it bothered me uh the chafing just having it on um so i decided i just quit quit running with one and i've stuck with it uh typically i've done races as low as 30 degrees where i was still shirtless so (laughs) well i mean you're comfortable you don't have to worry about putting anything on for for that chafing right exactly I, i can just run free and not worry about the putting anything to, to keep the chafing from happening so i just just go with it you don't have to buy as many shirts either right so uh <laughs> that's true <laughs> of course uh, we're all runners we we get them with our uh races we do so yeah yeah i, I have plenty of shirts they just don't get used as much <laughs> lots of shirts and medals <laughs> well uh, we're going to talk about some of these races that you've uh, competed in and and all kinds of things and, and local relays and trail running but first wanted to get to know you a little bit we, we do a fast four here on the run the race podcast so first of all um easy question let me get your current what is your current job description at work and at home now uh i'm I've been a plant manager for a company here in Columbus for 16 years. Okay. What is your daily routine in terms of being physically fit? I mean, do you have like, you know, I'm going to run or go to the gym every day or, or do yoga or whatever else? So, uh, I run just about every day. Uh, I like yoga. I don't do as much as I used to, uh, but I love yoga. Uh, my outside of running, my usual routine is, is, uh, I'll do 50 to 100 push-ups and sit-ups a day. I have an ab wheel I use, um, and I do 100 uh, air squats just about a day. Wow, wow. So strength training is a big part of your running career as well. Uh, core. Yeah. Uh, if I could suggest that to anybody, it's it's core. Okay. You, you need to work on your core. Okay, cool. I, I, I know I definitely need to. You're talking to me there. <laughs> um, do you have um, like a spiritual or inspirational uh, motto or mantra, something that, you know, Joel, that you live by? Uh, yeah. Uh, a couple of years ago, I, uh, I was listening to some motivational speaking by a guy named Inky Johnson. And uh, one of the things, and it goes along with a quote from Jerry Rice as well, it's uh, do things that others won't to get the results that others don't. Yeah. So what does that mean to you? Does that mean kind of getting out there even when you don't feel like it or? It's, yes. When you, when you're doing things that you love or even work, it's, it's, are you willing to put the effort in when you don't want to? when others don't want to. Yeah. And you know, you get the results of what you do. Yeah. Cause people are like, oh, how are you, how fat, how, how are you so fast, Joel? And how do you win these races? I guess you tell them that I put the work in, right? Yeah. It, it's putting the work in there. There is some, I mean, I have been blessed with a little bit of speed, I guess, but <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, to be able to hold that and do things that, and it's even with work as well. Yeah. Uh, if, if you put the work in and you do the things that people won't do, then you're going to get the results you want. Talent and hard work combined is a you know uh, great combination. Exactly. And uh, last of the fast four, what is something uh, unique about you? Uh, <laughs> basically it's me. There's, there's only one of me. What you see is what you get. I, 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 I say everything, um, as I see it, uh, yeah. you're going to get honesty and that that's, that's me. <laughs> Call it like you see it, right? Yep, exactly. Yeah. Cool. Excellent. Excellent. Well, um, you know, uh, I had the honor, uh, just, uh, I guess it was a few months ago, to uh, run a kind of a unique, for me at least, run with you. You've been doing these a few years, these uh, quote-unquote birthday runs. And uh, so we ran a 50K to celebrate a friend's 50th birthday from, um, I guess it was from Smith Station, Alabama, 
to uh, Auburn, Opelika, Alabama, um, uh, so 31, 32 miles. And then just recently, you, because you turned or you're about to turn 48 years old, you ran a 48-miler from, uh, I think, Columbus, Georgia to LaGrange. Is that right? That's correct. So um, what made you do What made you do these things? People are like, that's, that sounds crazy. You're running from like, you know, because it's, it's a, that's a long way to drive, much less, you know, run or walk, right? <laughs> Yeah, um, I, I've done long runs like that to Auburn or LaGrange before, and I actually had a friend, Jenna Martin, that come to me and, and asked about it and said, don't you think some people would do these long runs? I'm like, huh? We'll put it out there, and we put it on our Awesome Runners page, and uh, the first one we did, uh, I think we had 16, 18 people show up. Wow. Uh, and from then on, I was like, well, this is pretty fun if, if – if people are willing to show, I'll keep putting it out there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then it kind of grew. Then uh, it started off with 50Ks, and I said, well, okay, we'll start doing my birthday. <laughs> Unfortunately for most, I was in my 40s. I think I started when we were, I was 45 or yeah. 44. And uh, so every year it goes up one year. So this year uh, we just done one. Uh, I'll be 48. Yeah. So. And then, you know, you'll, so obviously it'll be a 50 miler if things are, go well in a couple of years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and, and, uh, tell me about how these runs work because this is not running continuously 48 miles and, and then people like if they're not fast or maybe if they can't run the whole way, you know, there's, um, it's, it's something for everybody, right? Tell me how it works. Yeah. Yeah. When we first started doing it, I got thinking, and, and when I talked to, uh, my friends, I said, you know, I want this to be fun and I want people that, uh, can't run my speed or run my mileage, uh, kind of an introductory more to, uh, ultra type running, uh, a lot more mileage than they would typically do. Uh, so we set it up where, um, I usually go out, uh, map out a course, and I'll I'll drive the course and I'll set up uh, stops for us along the way, anywhere from three to five miles. Uh, that way, we have a place everybody can stop. They can decide, okay, do I want to do this next one? Do I want to continue? Um, and they just do as many mileage as, as they can until we get to the end. And it's a kind of they can hop in a car and then the next leg they can go out and and uh, it's a, it's a, you call it a no drop run. So, it, you know, if you're maybe some of the faster runners, you'll, you may wait 20, 30 minutes for the next, you know, for the last runner, right? Yes, exactly. We don't, we don't drop the, the run is uh, slowest or as fast as your slowest person, uh, which is fine. Uh, typically, uh, even some of your faster runners will slow up and, and run with some of the slower runners and, things like that um like i say it's all about having a good time uh you know for me i like to run fast i even like to run fast in some of these uh runs even though it's fun but sometimes i'll i'll slow up and run with some of the uh slower people yeah um it's all about having a good time and enjoying what we do yeah, well, I'll tell you, when, when I ran the 50K with you guys, I completed the whole task of 31, 32 miles. I felt a lot better after that than I do after a marathon where I'm running 26 miles straight up because, you know, I was getting those 20-minute breaks. So, it, it, I mean, it shows that, like, taking breaks and having a good time with friends is, you know, you can, you can do more than you think you can do, right? Yeah, uh, and a lot of times uh, we're out having fun. We're, we're talking about our running stories or we're just talking about work or – uh, we have a good time singing, laughing, and you get through with a, a four or five mile section and it's, you don't even realize it. Yeah. And speaking of having fun and different events with a, with a team, um, you were telling me that you uh, were part of Run Across Florida last year. I know you've done Run Across Georgia as well, but your team won last year. Tell me about that experience. And, and uh, so was this a eight person or 10 person team? And you're, you're uh, obviously competing against other uh, relay teams, right? Yeah. Um, I actually was contacted by some friends at work at uh, Total Systems and they were putting a team together uh, to do Run Across Florida. Uh, and I think you could have up to, it's a little different than Run Across Georgia. They had where you could have up to 12 uh, people on a team and it was uh, and still be competitive team. Uh, we went down there with uh, nine, I believe, is what we had on our team. 
So are you, you know, um, during that time of running across the state, people maybe that are not familiar with these kind of events, are you running or sleeping very much or, or very limited? <laughs> those uh, things? <laughs> you, you get as much sleep as you can. Uh, uh, I don't, uh, I pretty much stay awake most of the time and, um, and just run as hard as we can. Yeah. Uh, so, so how many miles did you get out for, for your team in this run across Florida? Uh, I think we ran, it was 20, 25, 26 miles is what I run somewhere in there. Wow. Um, so almost 300 miles as a team together. Yeah. Well, it ended up being a little over 200. It wasn't quite as much as uh run across, uh, run across Georgia. Gotcha. Uh, it was a little less. It was a newer racer putting in, and it it runs across a uh, trail that they're establishing across Florida. And and I know that you know you were telling me too that that one race that you know a lot of runners or uh, people that are not runners know uh, so much about is the Boston Marathon that you qualified for a few times and you ran it once. So tell me about that experience, what that was like, because you know, they call it a BQ, a Boston qualifying time. And so that's pretty, pretty strict. And so what was it like once you got there and, and kind of, uh, was part of that experience? Uh, at first, when I first qualified, I really didn't want to go. <laughs> uh, I had people talk me into it and, uh, I, I thought, yeah, it's something I need to try at least experience one time. Uh, so, um, I went up there and, uh, I done it and, um, uh, I had a blast. It was fun. Um, I had my challenges in it. It wasn't my best race. Um, I actually started cramping on mile 14, 15 in my Ooh. hamstring. Um, but uh, it still had a great time. Uh, I might do it again one more time. Um, it's not something I really enjoyed with so many people. It was. It's hard for when you're running faster, even though you're in waves, there's still so big of a crowd. It's hard to get through everything. And it was a little bit challenging where I didn't, I, it's not a race that I really cared for. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's Boston. Yeah. So, I mean, I had a great time. Uh, it, it's a good race. Uh, I, I love that the whole way for the whole 26.2 miles, you had people constantly cheering you on hmm. and that's something i've never been a part of usually you're in a race you have miles you don't see people yeah uh and it there was somebody always on the course cheering people on the whole entire way and with that race specifically you know it's a lot about the journey like the chase you're trying to get your bq people are trying to get under you know 310 or 305 or whatever depending on their age um, and for you, you know, when it comes to running, whether it be trying to achieve like a PR, trying to beat somebody or, or win a race and that kind of thing, you know, um, mental strength is, is maybe more important or just as important as the physical aspect of it. So for you, what would you say to runners, whether they're maybe new to running or maybe they, they're trying to get a, a Boston qualifying time, what, how important is the mental strength and, and what do you do to kind of push through when there's pain or when you're just kind of uh kind of mentally just exhausted perhaps <laughs> uh it's just learning to tune it all out um if you're doing the training programs and you're doing everything right you just have to believe in what you've done and once the pain sets in you just have to learn to mentally block it out um learn to to focus on something else yeah. So how do you do that? What, I mean, what is your, what are the Joel's tricks to the trade of, of when you're out there and, and you're getting, you have the hamstrings are giving you problems, you know, and you got 10 miles to go. It's uh, <laughs> usually for me, I just tune everything out. Um, I know people love to run with music and things like that. I can't, I can't stand that. <laughs> I don't have music going. I, I just lose myself in my mind and it's, it's getting to the finish line as fast as I can get there. Do you like tell yourself things or do you have like, you know, come people, sometimes people have mantras or do you just try to kind of, like you said, focus on other things, I guess. Right. For me, I kind of zone out really, to be honest with you. I just, my focus is getting to that finish line. That's all I think about is, is getting there. Um, that's, yeah. 
So, so what is your, you know, for, for you, and, and a lot of people, you know, ask this question, the why is so important for you. I mean, obviously the motivation in the race is the finish line, but for you, what is, what motivates you to keep running to, and to keep, because you've done, you know, some of the, the big races and won some, what, what is your, what's the motivation that keeps you going and keeps you running? Uh, to beat all the young kids. <laughs> I'm, I'm older and it, it's it's fun to watch the facial expressions when this old guy comes running by him or that beats them and <laughs> it's just fun to fun to see that. Uh, people I mean, ha- people half your age. Yeah, I mean, you have these 18, 19, 20 year olds that that you go running past and they're like, this old guy just beat me. Yeah. This old guy with no shirt on. Yeah. So I mean, I I have a fun. I mean, I have a fun time doing that. It's it's it, it's really good to see. Um, just yeah. just keep going. And do you, you know, for you, because you've been, I think you told me you've been running for ten years and and gotten faster and better at it along the way. What um you know uh, do you you know enjoy seeing new people come to the sport, new runners, and because the running community, at least here in Columbus, Georgia, where we are, seems to have grown and and a lot of people get excited about it. Um, I mean, for you, is it cool to see you know new people kind of come into the fold and and learning and kind of getting faster along the way? Uh, I absolutely love it. I've been here doing this for 10 years now, and I've seen a lot of people come and go. Uh, I really love uh, watching this community grow. I love the people in the running community. Um, I, I have a blast with everybody, and I try to talk people into running and getting out here and, and seeing what we're all about, and it's, it is awesome. So, I mean, we have a awesome running community. Yeah. And so, I mean, do you, what would you say to folks who may be, cause uh, probably we're in the minority when it comes to enjoying running. Most people just like, you know, just don't like it. Uh, it hurts or whatever. So what would you say to folks about trying to convince somebody, like you said, trying to convince somebody to, to start running, you know, how would you convince someone? Uh, it, it's basically telling them to quit being scared. It's not as bad as what you think it is. And when you get involved with the group, because we're not as large as our community is, there's really small running groups. We find our groups that we fit in with, and then we have, you, you see it grow off of that. Yeah. So that with these groups, everybody has a good time with their groups, and it's all part of a bigger group. Absolutely. And and one thing I know that you like one of the things that you enjoy doing the most is pacing. I know that uh, we have a race coming up, uh, a free half marathon in this area that's kind of kicks off the new year called the Red Nose Half Marathon. And being free, that's great because it's, you know, you don't have to pay unless you want a shirt. Um, So you're able to kind of pace that. Um, and, uh, what, what's your pace time usually? Is it one twenty, one thirty, one? Oh, uh, <laughs> this year, I think it's going to be one thirty. Okay. Uh, typically I'll, I'll do a one forty pace. Gotcha. So what, what do you enjoy most about that? Because I mean, do you have people that are kind of, you know, you're, you're helping them to reach their goal of, of that, that time goal. Exactly. It's, it's, it's running with these people, trying to get them to their goal. It's a, it's watching them trying to achieve uh, everything. And, and for me, it's a challenge and it's a challenge for most of the pacers I have doing their paces. It's typically not paces that we run. Yeah. Uh, so for us to go out for 13.1 miles and, and run a pace that we don't normally do, it's difficult for us, but it's, it's watching everybody have a good time and trying to compete and, and hit their pace that they've been training for. Yeah, and you want to make sure because your focus is not on your race. Your focus is on making sure that you're, you know, staying that pace, I guess, for the folks, for other folks, right, to help them out. Exactly. Yeah. That race typically is pretty cold. In fact, some people maybe wake up that morning and decide, I'm not going to run because it's, you know, 20 degrees out there. Uh, but cold is good for um, for definitely a sport of, like, that you love as well, hunting. Um, you were telling me you uh, typically uh, hunting, what, uh, deer and rabbits? Yeah. That, okay. So, so is this a, this is a good time of year for that? I mean, do you, do you find time to, I know you like to run early in the morning. I assume you probably hunt just as early, right? Exactly. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's hard finding the time to balance both. Uh, at some point in time, I, I have to give one or, or the other up. <laughs> so, uh, but you know, sometimes I fit it in. I'll hunt in the morning. Then as soon as I'm done, I'll go and run. 
and then get ready and go back in the evening. So always on the go with one of the two when when season's in. And speaking of that, what what uh you know people may you know have that question is if you you know you have a full time job you know how do you how do you fit that in in terms of you know running so much and like hobbies like hunting and and things like that I mean how do you and and you know want to sleep as well so how do you do you just kind of a, it's just a, a juggling act I guess uh, you don't sleep. <laughs> Uh, especially if you're running at 5 a.m., right? Yeah, 4 <laughs> o'clock, 5 o'clock in the evening. Uh, it's To find time is, is difficult, but the biggest thing, because that comes up a lot, well, I don't have time. No, there's time there. It's whether you want to make the time and fit the time in. Every, I mean, you can go out and run four or five miles. It doesn't have to be 5, 10, 15 miles. If you can run, go out and run three miles or four miles, you can fit that little bit of time in. Yeah. It's just if you want to choose to do that. Um, I know for years when my son was in school and he was doing um, travel soccer and cross country and track, um, I was getting up in the morning. I'm an early bird anyways, and I'd do up to 10 miles a day. And then when I would drop him off to uh, soccer, um I would go out and run 10 miles. I was there anyways. I'm, <laughs> I wasn't one of the parents that had to sit there and critique my son the whole time he was practicing and just sitting there and watch. I'd go out and run. So I'd get another 10 miles in. Yeah. So. And what's that been like for you as kind of uh, the father-son relationship as, as you know, um, that he kind of, you know, obviously for you, you've had a love of running for a decade now. And maybe, you know, he watched dad and maybe perhaps got into running, seeing what you were doing. Was that something that for you was kind of cool to experience? Uh, It was actually very difficult. He didn't like running. Okay, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> or or he he got where he, he, he loved soccer. And then he started running, and then he realized that the running might get him further in college than the soccer. Uh, so he kind of uh, moved to that direction. But it was uh, never I want to run with dad. Oh, of course, <laughs> not not if you're not if you're 16 or 17 years old. <laughs> no, because like I said, I'm very unorthodox, and I run a lot of speed and stuff. And they just want to run. Yeah to have fun yeah. and I'm out there running fast even when they're not supposed to be exactly so he, he doesn't want to get injured and wants to do what the coach says right exactly <laughs> and we were talking about you know hunting earlier about how obviously you're out in the woods when you're hunting you know deer or rabbits whatever else and um you know a big thing um around here I know especially in north Georgia and in Pine Mountain near where we live is trail running and um so i don't know if um, if you do you enjoy trail running or road running more i mean does, or is it kind of a you, both is equal <laughs> no they're not equal uh <laughs> I, I do like the road running more yeah. um but I, I i love the trail running as well yeah. but I, I like the road running more uh the speed uh it, you're faster on roads uh you have to slow up for the trails um i, I love running hills so trails are more about the hills <laughs> sure so uh, it's it, I like both of them, but I prefer the road running more. Yeah. Um. And and to go back to the hunting, the rabbit hunting, uh, and people ask me about that. Uh, I'm more sore after a day of rabbit hunting than any running I do. Wow. Why is that? Uh, we're constantly walking, walking through the woods, and it's always through briars and vines. So you, you're constantly fighting that. <laughs> and it's a lot more difficult when people think uh yeah. usually if somebody says hey i want to go with you and we take them with us it's they never come back <laughs> they checked it off the bucket list I, I went rabbit hunting with joel and i'm never going to go back <laughs> exactly yeah <laughs> and with the trail running you know you recently um just uh, i guess in the last few months won uh, a race that a lot of people come from all over the nation for the georgia jewel um, and, uh, I think, so it's normally, I think it's, you won the 50 K, but this was with a few extra miles, right? Uh, the 37 miles this time, right? Yeah. Because of COVID this year, they had to change up the course. It used to be, they would take you out and drop you off. And, uh, it was a point to point. 
but because they couldn't get the buses because of COVID this year, they turned it out. Uh, it become an out and back, and be able to do the out and back, it went up uh, from a thirty-five miler to a thirty-seven miler. Yeah, and so what? What was the, was that a pretty treacherous course? Because I, like you said, it's got hills, and you've got to kind of maneuver around the woods. So are you still kind of trying to get your Joel speed on? Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> uh, so. It, it, I've I've done this race for about three four years and usually I'm in the fifty miler and uh, one thing that doesn't well for me is heat. Oh yeah, uh, I, I've been to the emergency room a few times for dehydration and, and stuff running in the heat because I don't know how to slow down and I dehydrate. <laughs> but uh, I was dropped down the race this year uh, to do the thirty seven miler and I was lucky that the weather was cool. Yeah. It wasn't as warm as it typically is, and uh, I took off. I felt good, and the weather was accommodating, and I want to say my first mile was a 715, mm. which is on trails as fast. Yeah. Um, so I just went with it. And you won the race. So what was your finish time? Do you remember? Uh, it was five hours and 52 minutes for 37 miles. Wow. So I know that after a marathon, I'm, I'm kind of hurting, limping around a little bit, and then you're moving around and you feel good. But then like for me, like right now, two days after a marathon, I'm feeling it again. You feel that kind of pain kind of come back. So after running for like six hours on trails, I mean, are, are you pretty beat up or not? <laughs> no, I, I get beat up on those races as well. Trail races are a little different than the roads. Uh, I feel it more in the ankles. Yeah. Um, from all the twisting and turning on the rocks, the roots. Uh, so I feel that a little bit and a little bit in the shoulders, uh, a little bit more than what I would on the roads. Yeah. So tell me about this going to the ER for dehydration. So are you, are you drinking enough during these races, even when it's hot or, or have you learned your lesson from these, uh, uh medical experiences? <laughs> Uh, probably not. Uh, I've done actually both. I've actually dehydrated where I wasn't taking in enough fluids. Then I've done reverse where I took in too much water, mm. uh, and overhydrated and then become, because I overhydrated, I end up getting sick and dehydrating. Wow. So what is your routine typically like on a marathon or a, or a 50 K? I mean, do you like, okay, I'm going to take, um, some nutrition. Do you have like stuff you carry with you food wise, like goose or you're taking Gatorade or water or. Uh, so typically I try to, uh, rotate between the Gatorade and the water. Gatorade's real sugar. Um, I haven't found a electrolyte drink that I really like. So I've just stuck with the Gatorades and I try to add in uh, salt tablets periodically. Uh, and I'm not really hot on the glues, goose. I, I prefer uh, if some of the aid stations, I'll pick up some of the sugars and stuff they have there, the M&Ms or something quick to eat. So on a long race, are you taking in a drink every at most eight stations every two miles or every four miles or, or you extend that out longer? Or? Well, the fluids I, on a trail race and the ultras, I'll run either with a handheld uh, or I'll run it with a um, hydration pack, depending on how hot it is. So that was the other thing with Georgia Jewel. It was cool enough that I went with a handheld only. I didn't use a hydration pack. Wow. So, I mean, are you drinking every, how often do you drink in, on a long race? Like somebody, maybe, maybe they're learning and they're kind of doing long races. What, what works for you? Uh, uh, that goes back <laughs> to the unorthodox. I, I used to do training runs on the weekend of 20 and 30 miles with nothing. Whoa. So, uh, I, it's something I wouldn't recommend to people. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, I mean, you need to take in, uh, Learning how to hydrate is the most difficult part because yeah. it it's different for everybody because it's it's all based on how much you sweat. So for me, I'm a heavy sweater, so I really should be taking in more fluids than I do. Um, somebody who doesn't sweat as much wouldn't have to take as much fluids. Yeah, yeah, and and I mean, I'm sure you're used to the heat, you know, here where we live in Georgia. The humidity maybe makes it even worse, right? Oh, without a doubt, it's one of the hardest places to run because of the humidity. Absolutely, and and, and um, I know that you know 
We um, re- just recently in the last uh, few months, and I think it was kind of warm that day, was the Columbus Day Relay. We had that's one of your favorite races. And then Run Across Georgia took place over the course of, you know, 10 years, and it was usually Memorial Day weekend, which is pretty hot around here. Yep. So um, what were those experiences like? We talked earlier about Run Across Florida, but the team effort. I know for you – it's it's your focus is on speed and solo running and being fast. But what about the the team thing? What do you what do you like about that? About being with a group and kind of you know handing the baton off or the the bracelet off and kind of running across a state or running across a city. Um, I, I've done it different ways. Uh, and run across Georgia and Columbus Day Relay. I've been a part of teams that were extremely fast and we were focused on speed and um, I've run with guys that were really fast. Um, been on run across Georgia teams where we won it two, three times. Uh, Columbus Day Relay, same way, two, three times. And I've been part of teams that uh, it was all about having fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, just people I enjoy being with and and things like that. I mean, I still run fast, but uh, it's a little different. It's 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 different when your focus is not necessarily on winning um, versus just you know doing what you can do and and being a part of the team. Yeah. Um, and, and that's the reason I love the relays more is y- you get to be around uh, your friends, um, enjoying what you do and and trying to accomplish a goal that way. Uh, yeah. That's the reason to run across Georgia and Columbus Day relays most favorite races. Oh, cool. Yeah. You get to get a shared experience or shared misery, perhaps. <laughs> True. Um, so, and you're still a young man, still in your forties. And you said you faced just about every injury you can think of. Well, I mean, name some, I mean, what are some of the worst that you had? And was it like you had to stop running for like weeks or months for any of these or? Uh, I've had the plantar fasciitis, uh, that shut me down for about a week. Uh, rolled it out once I got over it. I mean, I, I researched uh, things that I needed to do to keep and prevent it and get over it. Uh, I've done those things. Haven't had it since then. Um, I've had the shin splints. Um, um, I've had the IT band problem. Now, that I didn't do very well. Uh, it didn't <laughs> shut me down, but I didn't quit running, and finally it just went away. Of course, my right side of my legs numb from it, but yeah, usually the, the it's, it's, so for for those at home that the IT band, the um, iliotilio band that goes from your hip to your knee, and it really if you if you start feeling like somebody's stabbing the the, the outside of your knee, that's pretty much IT band, right? <laughs> Pre- pretty much, uh, it it was bothering me a lot, and I kept stretching, I kept running, uh, I didn't want to stop running, I was working. Uh, heavily try to do a marathon and i didn't want to quit running so i just kept running with it and it it went away but i but i lost feeling on my right side of my leg your stubbornness won out on that one exactly (laughs) um and um for you we were talking earlier about uh, strength training and about core how important that is for you is that something that you've just learned over time or that's something that that like you are very consistent about like maybe on a weekly or, or daily basis making sure that i mean has, do you feel like that's really helped you with your running uh yeah without a doubt uh it, it's helped a lot and i actually started that uh because i saw my son and them doing that in cross country i was like hmm and so i got to check in and and reading up on it and and that was one of the things they said if you're a runner the most important part is your core mm-hmm. that's where everything comes from so i started working on my core every day uh doing the things i need to do to strengthen that up yeah so uh what is what's next for you so you won the georgia jewel and which a race that one of the few races big races that kind of went on during the pandemic so what's uh what's next some you know a big uh big goal coming up or uh. <laughs> Well, short term, I, I've been trying to work a little bit on speed again, trying to get a little bit faster, uh, fixing to turn 48. And then, uh, something I haven't done in a while is uh, I, I've been wanting to get uh, a 5K back up under 18 minutes. Okay. So uh, that's that's a short term goal uh, to see if I can go back sub 18 on a 5K. Nice. Uh, then. The only other race I have scheduled for right now that we're talking about doing is the 
one mile race uh, yeah. in April. That's uh, one mile at a time. So you got 15 minutes to run a mile and you just do that for 24 hours, as long as you can meet that goal. And that's going to, so you might end up with 96 miles over if you make it the whole 24 hours, right? Yeah. So I'm challenging some of my friends oh. and, we'll, and we'll see if we'll do it. <laughs> I, I'm going to do it just to, to see if I can do it is, uh, I just wanted to have fun with it and do this race. So I'm, I'm treating the first mile as the race. Okay. So the goal is to see if I can go sub five minutes on the first mile. Okay. Well, see, you're going to be 48 soon. So can we try for like a four, a minute, eight second mile or no. <laughs> that's not going to happen. No, 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 no. Maybe, no, maybe, maybe five minute, eight seconds. I, I watched one of the fastest kids in Columbus, uh, try to go out for a mile, uh, about a month or so ago. And he ran a four thirty uh, something mile and <laughs> <laughs> yeah. After watching that, I'm I'm not that fast. Uh, but if if I can go sub five minutes in the mile, that'd be that'd be awesome to see on a trail. Yeah. And one last question for you from one of our friends that we celebrated her her birthday for that 50k. She she wanted to ask, so I'm I'm going to ask it here on the podcast. How do you, Joel, convince people? to do these birthday runs that are 46, 47, 48 miles. I mean, how do you convince them? Is it magic powers or, uh, uh, we'll go with magic powers. Everybody, <laughs> everybody says I peer pressure them. Uh, but it's which, their, it's their choice though, right? Exactly. I don't know how it's peer pressure. And I, I, I put the long runs out. I, I do the things and I ask them if, uh, they want to do it and they show up. And if they so. don't show up, you just make fun of them, right? I mean, so. Well, we, we make fun of them <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, thanks so much, Joel. Appreciate you stopping by. All right. Thanks for having me. It was great to talk to Joel, and I'm looking forward to uh, future group runs with him. Uh, sometimes I can't keep up with his speed, but uh, uh, he loves running and uh, running with us. I'll, I'll join him on maybe the uh, birthday run number 49 or 50. I can get uh, one of my longest runs in. So I enjoyed that 50K with him and the crew uh, for sure. And and the quote he was talking about, uh, the one he mentioned earlier with Inky Johnson, the quote from Jerry Rice, famous wide receiver in the NFL, was, Today I will do what others won't, so tomorrow I can do what others can't. And that's from Jerry Rice. Uh, so put in that hard work. You may have raw talent. You may not. You may have gifts or not. But you can put in the hard work. And training, I tell anybody, anybody could do a marathon. You just have to train for it, be willing to, to put in the effort and uh, and sacrifice and learn from other people that have done it about preventing injuries and making sure to get the rest and and uh, the work that you need to do to, to make it happen, for sure. And uh, if you want to listen to any previous episodes of the Run the Race podcast, which this is number 48, you can go to WTVM.com slash podcast and uh, listen to any of those. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You can go there and write a review. We'd love for you to do that. We can keep things going. We're on Google Play, Stitcher. In fact, uh, two of our previous guests, uh, Buddy Dutois and Adam Churchwell, uh, have had them on previous guests earlier this year. Uh, they both just recently ran uh, a 100-mile race together, the Daytona 100. They finished in about 28 hours and some change. So that was really impressive. I think it was Adam's first time doing that distance. So you can go back and listen to their conversations as well. Now turning to our uh, final segments of uh, this uh, episode of Run the Race, including a parting gift, which this comes from the Bible, 2 Peter 3.9. We talk about speed um, and so uh, in this podcast. So uh, this one, uh, 2 Peter 3.9, says, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. So, uh, you know, God is even patient with us. And so, because we make so many mistakes and we do the same things over and over again. And, and uh, you know, and because and we all fall short. I mean, uh, the only person that's perfect is, is Jesus. And so uh, that's a good lesson to learn that um, he's, he's not slow in keeping his promise. He will do it and he will be there with you no matter what. And now to uh, some food for thought when it comes to uh, some speed and faith and fitness.
starting on the uh, the health side of things, uh, Healthline has an article called How Fast Can You Climb Four Flights of Stairs? It May Reveal Your Heart Health. So researchers from Spain say that you know if you're able to climb four flights of stairs in under a minute, that's actually an accurate indicator of good cardiac health. Dr. Jesus Patero, a cardiologist at the University Hospital there, uh, he says, if it takes you more than a one and a half minutes to ascend four flights of stairs, your health is suboptimal and would be a good idea to consult a doctor. So they had about 165 participants in this study. Each walked or ran on a treadmill until exhaustion with their exercise capacity measured as METs, that's metabolic equivalents. So after a little bit of a rest period, after running and walking on that treadmill where they were tired, they went and climbed four flights of stairs. That's 60 steps at a fast but not really running pace. Then they had their METs measured. Uh, if they were uh, climbed the stairs in less than 40 or 45 seconds, they had 9 to 10 METs, um, and which is really good. And uh, past studies have shown that achieving 10 during the exercise test shows a, a low death rate, 1% or less per year. And uh, they looked at heart functions, all kind of thing. The, all these study participants had symptoms associated with uh, maybe you know chest pain, shortness of breath, things that related to coronary artery disease. Uh, one expert says exercisability is always a great indicator of overall heart health. And so uh, go try, go try to climb four flights of stairs and see. See how long it takes you. On the faith side of things, uh, a London Marathon medalist you may have heard of, Sarah Hall, uh, married to Ryan, says positivity and health helped her cross the finish line. This is from Fox News. She's really fast as well. Elite runner Sarah Hall, second place in the women's division of the virtual London Marathon this year, crossing the finish line at 2 hours, 22 minutes, and 1 second. So uh, that's pretty impressive. I uh, Sometimes it'll take me that long to run a half a marathon. She's 37 years old, and she said faith, not fear, fueled her fire while training amid the coronavirus outbreak. So this event was supposed to be in April. It was postponed until early October. And so, uh, you know, they had to make some other changes. Only elite runners were allowed. They used a smaller track with multiple laps rather than the traditional citywide London route. And uh, so this professional athlete, Sarah Hall, talked to Fox News, says this was a year unlike any other as an athlete, challenging to not have any races for such a long stretch of time. You know, difficult to be motivated for sure. She says, I was able to just keep grinding, keep the faith. I actually started training for a marathon before I even knew London was going to be putting on a race just in faith that there would be an opportunity. And uh, so she says, you know, during the race, she was experiencing some discouragement and uh, kind of in a bad position, so she ran almost every step of it alone until the end. She was some catching some folks, and she says, quote, there were times that I was fighting to stay positive, but I just kept telling myself, I'm so thankful for this opportunity to race at a time when there's no races. I love racing. So that positive outlook and focused on God, focused on faith, can really go a long way when it comes to races, when it comes to life, a job. This holiday season, when maybe you're feeling sad, um, you know, kind of focus on the positive. There's so much to be thankful for. Closing now uh, in prayer, dear God, just uh, uh, thank you for, uh, for for Christ. And, and as we celebrate Christmas coming up, and uh, just thank you for sending your son and, uh, and for this opportunity to celebrate him uh, around the world that we, uh, we need light uh, in this world where there's right now so much darkness. And uh, we just thank you for this opportunity to run, uh, to, to talk about you, to talk about fitness and being better. And Lord God, just help us to run the race for you and give you all the glory. In your name we pray. Amen. Again, thank you so much. We know you have so much choices out there uh, when it comes to podcasts and TV and movies and stuff to watch that uh, just taking some time out of your day and listening for this last 40, 45 minutes or so. And uh, thanks again for Joel for swinging by here at WTVM to listen, to uh, talk to us about his uh, running adventures. And uh, looking forward to uh, future podcast episodes as we enter 2021. We'll soon be having a number 50 episode, so we're going to have a special one for that. And I uh, hope you guys have a great rest of the week. And uh, uh, if I don't uh, talk to you before then, have a merry, merry Christmas.